We have all the action from the Shannons Nationals this week on Inside Motorsport. I hope you stay with us. Gary O'Brien joins us on Inside Motorsport and Gary, this Shannon's Nationals wraps up for 2011 with a number of brand new national champions, uh, the first of which we'll talk about, Terry Wyhoon. What a career he's had spanning all different forms of sedan car disciplines from dirt tracks to NASCAR to Oscar and uh, now to road racing as well. Yes, hi Craig and hello to everyone. Uh, certainly an interesting weekend and as you said, Terry Wyhoon, four years he's been having a go at this uh, V8 Touring Car Series and uh, the fourth year he's finally uh, won it and uh, had a couple of opportunities uh, last year, he could have won it as well but it uh, wasn't to be as he said in his acceptance speech that uh, um, it's certainly worthwhile in the end to uh, finally nut this particular series and as you said he's a former Oscar champ, NASCAR champ race road courses, done a bit of sprint car stuff, so he's been everywhere. Yes, he's really a journeyman, but a nice guy and has had his ups and downs in a career that he's largely self-funded. Indeed, and um, you know, not only does he, he do his own car prep, he also looks after several other cars that run in the field as well, so uh, you've got to tip your hat to him, and one, one fellow there that uh, started his racing career this year in V8 touring cars in, in one of Terry's cars, and Terry's sort of mended him right through, that in the final race for the season, he finishes up third on third across the line, so what a fantastic effort, you know, and it's a little bit like live your dream, I guess, uh, what the late Peter Brock used to say, and he's one fellow that has, and with Terry's help, has managed to do it. Mm. Now, the racing in the touring cars, in the V8 touring cars, always hectic these cars are very very evenly matched and uh, well it's interesting to see just how why whom was able to do it well you know for those who don't know what v8 touring cars are they're actually ex uh, v8 supercars cars that are no longer eligible to run in the main game or in the development series so this is like a third tier for that uh, for those generation of cars that can no longer run or or third tier for v8 supercars if you like and uh, with a couple of minor changes, like uh, tyre branding, a cut back in revs, slightly different rear wing, but on the same mounting uh, platform, you know, we have here is a, um, a level of, uh, of supercar racing that was really what the development series was designed to do, to let the guys that have, you know, that are never going to be in the main game have a go and not have to race against uh, highly funded teams. And uh, throughout this year, it's been uh, the best season so far. It started off slow. Uh, with the older AUs and um, VT Commodores, and now we've moved up to the the VYs and uh, VAs in their respective Holden and Ford. And, of course, um, the final round, uh, it wasn't without its controversy, I, I might add, too. We had some problems with the Kumo tyre and the suspension geometry of the cars uh, and with the further combination of the, the track itself, which um, is notorious for uh, tyre wear. So they had some issues there. The tyre people worked with the group in issuing an extra tyre above their allocation and reducing the laps on the Sunday after Aaron Tebb had crashed uh, at Turn 12 as a result of a tyre blowout uh, in the first race Saturday afternoon. So with all that in mind, they went into the second race and uh, basically did three and a half of the five laps behind the safety car because there was an incident down at Turn 4 that involved uh, initially Chris Delsmer and Jim Policina where they had a touch. Delsmer's car was launched in the air and across the track and hit uh, Sean Jamison and Bruce Heinrich. So we had a bit of carnage there. And in the last race, a little bit more... Um, 
civil, I guess you could say, and uh, basically Wai Hoon had to beat uh, Scott Loadsman to take the championship and vice versa. Uh, unfortunately, Loadsman uh, broke an axle off the line, so the challenge was uh, was erased almost instantly, but he still finished second in the series. And, of course, Commodore Cup, which is always well-supported as well. Oh, yeah, and um, yeah, I think it just about everyone got called up to a driver's meeting after one of their races. Um uh, coming into this round, uh, Adam Beachy, who was a series uh, uh, champion or defending series title holder, had a one-point lead over Matthew Hayes, and uh, this was going to go right down to the wire, and uh, it certainly did. And uh, interesting enough, I, I would have thought Matt Hayes would have won this series, but uh, I was proven wrong. Uh, Adam Beachy did enough in the second race to come from ninth to first, and I think that sort of set the tone after finishing second in the first race, while um, Hayes had all sorts of problems getting off the line there. And in the last race, Hayes did actually get through to win, but in the end, there was six points of difference, and uh, Beachy is a dual Commodore Cup Series winner. Mm, and interesting there with also the GT3s on the card. How did that pan out? Well, that was an interesting one as well. Uh, of course, uh, we know that uh, Jeff Bobbick and, uh, and Roger Largo, now he's a series uh, uh, defending uh, title holder and uh, they've had their issues during the year there's been a lot of bump and grind amongst those two but um, Bobby, Jeff Bobby ended up winning the round and actually in the first race when he went when he went to start it his car was in neutral do you believe so everyone slotted past somehow and he was last but he fought his way back to third in the meantime Ivan Glasson beat uh, Steve Kepper across the line now Ivan Glasson's not a well known name in this series because he only does the Victorian rounds but it does prove that he has a bit of talent by um, actually beating some of the well-known names in the class like uh, Matt Kingsley and uh, and the Morris brothers. And, and in the course, in the Lago just kept picking over the points. Uh, Bobbick won the next two races to win the round overall, but uh, it wasn't enough for Roger Lago to actually keep the number one, even though he's going off to race in GTs next year. And um, mm. Now, of course, you mentioned that the Formula 3s finished their championship in Simmons Plains weekend, but interesting to see James Winslow trying to claw back that uh, deficit he had over Gilmore. Well, don't forget he missed the uh, Morgan Park round uh, where Chris Gilmore won one from John Magro. So those three are the main protagonists in this series. And uh, there was a 20-point gap between Gilmore and Winslow coming into this round. And Winslow won the first two races, halved that gap down to 10 points from Fort Well. We're going to be in for a torrid time when they get down to Tasmania. But then Gilmore came back strongly, won the third race. So the gap between them now is 19. So Winslow has only gained a point out of the whole weekend. And John Magro is still with a rough outside chance that he could... Uh, could get it if something happened between the two of them and uh, having seen these cars race at Simmons Plains in the past they had one touch down that back straight they might be uh, collecting them out of Bath Road somewhere before the end of the weekend Yeah it is a very quick circuit Simmons Plains and these cars always very popular down there from their super pre days so it's going to be an interesting weekend to wrap up that championship Indeed it will be and of course we had the, a couple of the other series of course were already wrapped up uh, was the fact that uh, uh, Matt Lovell had uh, secured the Australian Saloon Car Series, but there was about five cars that could have ran second in this series. Ultimately, in the end, of course, uh, um, 
uh, Mark Primer was able to leapfrog Jeff Brown to secure second. Brownie was third overall. But um, some interesting racing. That were probably the, the cleanest and tidiest of some of the categories running. And uh, overall for the round, Andrew Nolan won in his Falcon. And he actually won the last round at... Uh, uh, Sandown, but uh, hadn't been competing in the whole series, and and Tim Rouse was second. Now Tim Rouse is the, the number one plate holder, or was, but uh, Matt Lovell now has it, and um, Matt Lovell had to go home with a slightly scraped up car because he had a tyre blowout at uh, turn twelve and speared off into the tyre barrier as well. Not quite as bad as uh, the Ted one in the V8 touring cars, but uh, significant enough to. Um, uh, causing not to finish. Mm. Now, Gary, the the Shannon's Nationals uh, has been building its reputation over the last three years, and uh, where do you see it sitting now? Is it a, is it a genuine uh, standalone series that's attracting people, or is it still just a, a national version of club motorsport? Um, well, yeah, I see what you're coming from. Uh, uh, just, just incidentally, I just forgot to mention that Tony Riccadello at, at already wrapped up the uh, Sports City and Series and but um, was beaten on the day by uh, Darren Hosack but that was that's another story now but uh, yeah where you come from I, I tend to think that uh, what you're saying is that um, it is a it is a, a, a club style races to go and race it on a, on a national calendar in other words go to different circuits where they would normally not go to interstate events etc etc but uh, with the advent of itvlive.com.au, people can actually watch all the racing on the Sunday from home. They don't have to go to the circuit. And this is probably what's um, hampered the crowd somewhat from going to the meetings. Thanks very much for your time, Gary. OK, all best. That's all we have time for this week on Inside Motorsport. Till next time round, keep smiling and bye for now. Inside Motorsport is produced by Thunder Media for the Community Radio Network.